Jesus. <laughs> I do remember uh, once, and, and I tell this because I, I, it's, it's, it's a fond memory for me. And um, many years ago, we were going through a series of, of teaching how we're actually never really separated from Father God. You know, if we're in Him and He's in us, we're actually in the Trinity, you know, so wherever we go, they go. And I remember teaching that over weeks and weeks and weeks. And then it was the first time we ever had Pastor Peter McHugh here. And Peter came and he shared. And a lot of my journey over the last five years, um, Peter's mentored me. And a lot of my thoughts have, have been birthed in our discussions, you know. Anyway, so he came and spoke. And um, I, I remember John Kellogg. I, I, I so love John. He's, he's recuperating. He's back home. I believe that's correct, isn't it? So thank you for your prayers for John and Judy. And um, John came up to me and he goes, this is after Peter spoke. He goes, Peter was so good. He goes, now I finally understand what you've been trying to say. <laughs> it's like I spent weeks on it, weeks. Now I finally understand. Okay, well, <laughs> at least it came, eh? Amen. Um, let's just quickly pray and we'll... we'll jump in my thought for today is because we've been talking about having this relationship with God that's supposed to be close not just close by um, I, I want to look at a particular passage of scripture particularly leading into the Christmas season so that we can live a life that's close not close by so that we can live a life that's blessed and not stressed I think it's important as a reminder just before Mel and I and the kids take off for our little two-week uh, getaway um, to be blessed. I think we need to keep this in mind. So let's pray. Uh, Father, we thank you, Lord, just for the, the freedom we have to worship you. Lord, you're such a, a wonderful God, a good God. Our words would never, ever be able to properly capture the love and the thankfulness that we have for you and all that you've done for us. Well, Rob shared it so well, and I thank you, Lord, that you found us worthy your son was the worthy one to die on the cross, but you found in us a worth, a value, that you would still choose to send your son, Lord, to redeem us and bring us home. And I thank you for that. I thank you for moments like today that we can come together to praise you, to worship you, that we can come together as family and do life. Lord, I just thank you that you are at the core and center of it all. And so, Lord God, this day we just pray that you would continue to change us and challenge us and rearrange us continue to poke and prod areas that you want us to be more like Jesus. Father, that uh, we would give you all the glory in all of our words and all of our actions, in all of our deeds. So we thank you. We do thank you. We do bless you. And all his children said, Amen. Um, I, I had this thought just because we're going away and Mel was in the office last week and she was really, you know, frantic's not the right word, but busy. Because in our two weeks away, she organises the kids' church and what they need to do. Um, and there's the finances that we pay as a church. So stuff's being set up in advance. And she's like, I got this done and I got this done and I got this done. And I'm like, stop talking. I'm trying to think of my stuff. You know, like I can't, I, I don't multitask too well besides chewing and walking or, 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 or talking and, and I don't know, sleeping maybe. Yeah, there's only a few things that I multitask. I can multitask with coffee in my hand, there's no doubt about that. But I, I was just thinking about that, that at this time of year we get so incredibly busy, we get so incredibly distracted, uh, and then it's a time that 
I guess we should be so incredibly focused on Jesus, not so much on the cross, but the fact that it was the, you know, one of the starting points. You know, it was birthed in God in his thought. But so who's ever been busy? Anyone, anyone ever been busy? Put up your hand if you've ever been too busy. Yeah, like seriously. Like I, I, I can't say it in church, but it just like it sucks. You know, like it's just terrible. But sometimes we're just too busy. And I, I found a story um, and I, I wanted to share it. So I'm just going to share it as I found it and I'll read it. it. I've read it now a couple of times. I find it emotional. You may not, hey? But let's see if we can build a foundation off some of it anyway. So it had been some time since Jack had seen the old man. College, girls, career and life itself got in the way. In fact, Jack moved um, clear across the country in pursuit of his dreams. There, in the rush of his busy life, Jack had little time to think about the past and often no time to spend with his wife and son. He was working on his future and nothing could stop him. Over the phone, his mother told him, Mr. Belzer died last night. The funeral is Wednesday. Memories flashed through his mind like an old newsreel as he sat quietly remembering his childhood days. Jack, did you hear me? Oh, sorry, Mum. Yes, yes, I heard you. It's been so long since I thought of him. I'm sorry, but I honestly thought he died years ago, Jack said. Well, he didn't forget you. Every time I saw him, he'd ask how you were doing. He'd reminisce about the many days you'd spent over his side of the fence, as he put it, Mum said. I love that old house he lived in, Jack said. You know, Jack, after your father died, Mr. Belzer stepped in to make sure you had a man's influence in your life, she said. He's the one who taught, taught me carpentry, he said. I wouldn't be in this business if it weren't for him. He spent a lot of time teaching me things he thought were important. Mum, I'll be there for the funeral, Jack said. As busy as he was, he kept his word. Jack caught the next flight to his hometown. Mr. Belzer's funeral was small and uneventful. He had no children of his own, and most of his relatives had passed away. The night before he had to return home, Jack and his mum stopped to see the old house next door one more time. Standing in the doorway, Jack paused for a moment. It was like crossing over into another dimension, a leap through space and time. The house was exactly as he remembered. Every step held memories, every picture, every piece of furniture. Jack stopped suddenly. What's wrong, Jack? His mum asked. The box is gone, he said. What box? Mum asked. There was a small gold box that he kept locked on top of his desk. I must have asked him a thousand times what was inside. All he'd ever tell me was the thing I value most. It was gone. Everything about the house was exactly how Jack remembered it, except for the box. He figured someone from the Belzer family had taken it. Now I'll never know what was so valuable to him, Jack said. I better get some sleep. I have an early flight home, Mum. It had been about two weeks since Mr. Belzer died. Returning home from work one day, Jack discovered a note in his mailbox. Signature required on a package. No one at home. Please stop by the main post office within the next three days, the note read. Early the next day, Jack retrieved the package. The small box was old and it looked like it had been mailed a hundred years ago. The handwriting was difficult to read, but the return address caught his attention. Mr. Harold Belzer, it read. Jack took the box out, out to his car. He ripped open the package. There inside was the gold box and an envelope. Jack's hands shook as he read the note inside. 
upon my death, please forward this box and its contents to Jack Bennett. It's the thing I value most in my life. A small key was taped to the letter. His heart racing as tears filling his eyes, Jack carefully unlocked the box. There inside he found a beautiful gold pocket watch. Running his fingers slowly over the finely etched casing, he unlatched the cover. Inside he found these words engraved. Jack, thanks for your time. Harold Belzer. The thing he valued most was my time. (laughs) That gets me all the time, that stupid story. Like it just does. (laughs) I love that story. Melanie reminds me all the time um, with the boys to give them time. Give them some time. Stop. Give them some time. (laughs) Dang it. Should have got someone else to read it in Church of Christ style. That would have been a blast from the past. And we'll have a reading from Mrs. So-and-so. Anyway, I won't digress there. You know, Mel and I had a a really lovely time together. Friday, when the kids were off at youth, she'd organised for the boys to be um, looked after by Stephen and uh, Janine Davidson. And I'm sure they had a great time with their kids and probably yelled up a Xbox Fortnite, you know, storm in their house. But what was lovely is Mel must have reiterated over and over and over and over and over and over. It's just so nice to have some time with you. It's just so nice to have some un, some undistracted time with you. No business where we can just sit and talk. And we did that. We just sat and we went for dinner. We talked. We went and caught a movie. We talked. We went home. We still had time to chat before I had to pick up the boys. You know, there was no distractions. There was, was no busyness. And I love that story because I think, I think, it paints a picture that is really similar for so many of us when it comes to our relationship with Jesus that we can be and sometimes find ourselves just too busy. Yeah? Just too busy to, to give Jesus time. And yet he wants us to be close, not close by, yeah? Jesus wants our time. Coming into Christmas where we celebrate his birth, he wants our time. And to be close to him, we need to give him our time, yeah? So let's have a look at Luke chapter 10. And from verse 38, I'm going to read. And I want to use this passage of scripture to teach what God taught me. Well, he's teaching me, yeah? I don't think any of us have ever arrived. I don't think any of us will ever arrive. Between the point of our birth and the point of our death, I don't think we'll ever be completely and utterly Jesus. But I do believe that in every waking moment, in every minute of the day, we're transformed into the likeness of Jesus with ever-increasing glory. Yeah. So it reads, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I want to preface what I'm about to go through with saying that, you know, life's got many distractions, a stack of stuff 
that can overwhelm us, even divert us from fully sensing and experiencing the love and the peace that comes from Jesus. Yeah? It can actually rob us almost of just even sensing the presence of the Lord. Yeah? It's not something that, yes, we, we want to pursue, we want to dig, we want to be hungry for, we want to run towards like the prodigal son. But his presence isn't something that we have to work for. It's something that we do and we walk towards, but it shouldn't be work. It should come very naturally for us to step into that place, you know. But that passage is such a, a wonderful piece of scripture because it gives us a good example for facing anything that life could throw at us. It really does. Because generally speaking, at the pace that we live, Western culture, yeah, <laughs> we're either going to feel that life is absolutely blessed or we're going to feel stressed every second day. Yeah? There is more, there is more men mental illness today, more people suffering anxiety today, more people carrying ailments in their body that are caused by stress than any other time in history, particularly in Western culture, yeah? particularly the lives that we live. We're not, we're not meant to live the, the way that we, we do, I guess, you know? but here we are. This is when we're alive and this is what we've got to work through. yeah. But there's a difference between Mary and Martha. See, Mary was occupied with Jesus and was blessed. That's a fair call, yeah? But Martha was preoccupied with what she was doing and was stressed. Yeah? Easy delineation there, yeah? So I want to have a closer look at Martha because Martha was distracted. Luke 10.40 says, But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She was so distracted with everything that needed to be done. She would have been running around. Who's ever prepared dinner, not just for your, your family, but immediate family and others? You know, Christmas, Easter. There's all that running around. You're buying food. You know, if you're like my mum, she's got 27 of those catalogues across the table because she knows what she wants to cook and she's looking where it's going to be best to go and buy them because in the, at the end of the day, she'll save $50, you know? Oh, that's the way my mum thinks. You know, like she'll, she'll go, here and she'll go there she'll do all of that and then and then there's the preparation of the food and making sure that you've got cutlery and plates and who's bringing this and and you're overwhelmed with everything that goes with that that was Martha Martha was just she was cooking setting tables buying drinks getting food ready this is what she was doing she was making sure that her guests were looked after in our family we the boys used to, they don't so much anymore. But I, I actually really like watching MasterChef. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's good fun. Anyone ever watch MasterChef? There's a part of MasterChef that's really exciting, right? I, I reckon, because they, they get up their contestants and they're about to go to their, the, the next part of the competition and they go, now you've got one hour, three hours, whatever it is, and we need you to do A, B, C and D and your time starts now right and as they do that all the contestants because they're on a show and they're also trying to win money i'm not going to run because the last time i ran to the end of the church and came back i couldn't breathe for 10 minutes so so and what they what they do then they run to the pantry and you see them grabbing stuff you know nothing else matters you know they're walking around people the people that are there that they're competing against it doesn't matter it's just get out of my way i've got to get i've got three hours and i've got to get this stuff done that was martha Martha was like a contestant on MasterChef. She was running around, getting everything ready, making sure that she could do what she had to do, yeah? That's the picture you've got to have when you think of Martha. This is what she was doing, frantically running around. She was so busy. 
that she had no time whatsoever to spend with the one that she was being busy for. Yeah, think about that just for a minute. She was so busy, so frantic, so distracted, that she had no time whatsoever to spend with the one that she was being busy for. Now, if I'm totally honest, Jen will know, I have days like that in the office. I know what I'm going to do. When I get here, what I'm going to do first, I'm going to read my devotionals. And as I read the devotionals, particular passages of Scripture jump out, and then I jump over to the Bible, and I read that, see, see what the Lord's going to say. That's going to be the start of my day. Every day. That's, that's how I start. Then I get to Friday, and it's like, dang it, I haven't looked at a devotional yet. I haven't sat down and completed the reading that I wanted to do to set up my day. Actually, what have I done today? I, I, I can't even remember what I've done today. I'll go home and I'll go, how was your day? I go, really good. What did you do? I don't know. I was busy. Like, I did stuff. Now, you're looking at me thinking, you're the pastor. We pay you to do that. <laughs> All I know is I'm busy doing... There are just some weeks that I can tell you I've been really busy doing something, you know, like something. The, the other day, I reckon I, I spent at least four and a half hours on programming an alarm in the back hall. Yes, the pastor does everything, right? Yeah, like, what did you do? Program an alarm. Why? So in case it get, someone breaks in again, the alarm sounds and it rings and it goes to our, you know, our monitoring company. It's a wireless alarm needed to be programmed. Do you think anyone knows how to do that? Google became my friend. But with Google, there's reading. What did you do today? I don't know, but it was busy, you know? I'll be in there and I'll be doing something and someone will pop in, which is okay, I'm a people person. I generate and I energise when people come and see me, yeah? But, and people knowing that go, oh, I'm going to go and see Andrew and I'm going to get a real coffee. At the end of the day, Mel goes, what did you do today? I don't know, but I was busy, yeah? Like, is, it, is this anybody's life? It could just be mine, yeah? It, it, just, it flat out just might be mine, but I just know sometimes that before I know it, the day's over and the week's over. Yeah, And I'm so busy and so distracted that I haven't had time to spend with the one that I'm being busy over. Yeah, Exactly like Martha. I'm so busy that I've got no time with the one who I'm being busy for. You know, we need to be careful, especially, especially, especially at Christmas time because there's shopping to do and there's family to spend time with, Yeah. And there's cards to write. Mel's our card writer. If you get a card ever written from me, I'm going to preface it. You know that Mel said, I'm not doing it, it's your turn. <laughs> She's the card writer. She seems to make time, words flow. I'm like, oh, it's my daughter's birthday. I forgot the card. I'll do it. We're on the way to their house. We're parked out the front. Oh, the card, I've got to write. That's me. That's it's my writing of the card. You know, I get so busy. The thing is, we can get so busy with activities, all sorts of stuff, our homes, they fill with noise, that we actually end up shutting God out by accident. We don't mean it. It's not affecting our faith. We still believe in him. Yeah? We've just been busy. We've just been distracted. And the reality is, it's simple, everyday thing that do this, you know? 
It's the preparation of dinner. It, it's, it's you've got a hobby that you got caught up in and the time just disappeared. It's your favourite TV shows, especially now with Netflix and you can stream stuff and you can watch a whole season like in three days, you know? Not that I've ever done that, ever. You know, it's time with family. Friends, it's going out, it's coffee, it's dinner, it's even church, it's serving in church. You can get so busy serving in the house of God that you don't have any time for the one that you're serving, yeah? Understand. That's not close. When we're living like that, that's close by. That's not close. Our relationship with Papa can't grow if we're living in constant busyness, if we're living with constant distractions, it can't grow. If we're always too busy, it won't. If I'm always too busy to give my wife or my boys or my girls time, our relationship will never grow. If I'm always distracted, yeah? How can it? Like any of your relationships, how can it? There's a... Um, who remembers David Tenson from a couple of years ago? David does wonderful prayer ministry and we've had him here uh, once and, and I'm sure that we'll have David and possibly even his wife Nat one day to come again. And he does prayer ministry with people. But he recently posted this on Facebook. So it's approaching the holiday season. Lots of events, invites, pressures, agendas and ideas all mixed up with deeply ingrained pressures, expectations and a good dose of dysfunction. What would it look like if you mastered the art of no, not now, and not here or there? For us, people-pleasing, gotta-be-nice, rescuing types who don't want to be jerks, the holiday season can be so stressful. After all, we don't want to disappoint others, right? We want people to like us. Well, you have every right to disappoint others. Jesus Christ was a boss at it. He was about his father's business. Negotiating and communicating boundaries and, and our maturity and relational skill we can all develop and grow into. <laughs> that was probably a couple of months ago. They now, they now run a course, Husband and Wife Together, for people that they, you can do online, and it's called Disappoint Your World and Thrive. <laughs> I love it. Disappoint Your World and Thrive. I'm looking forward to the next no that I give to my family. No. Disappoint Your World and Thrive. Yeah. So others should be more happy about that. There's another quote by a gentleman by the name of Harry Kemmelman. Now, he was an author. He was born in 1908. He died in 1996. And he wrote this, In this life, you sometimes have to choose between pleasing God and pleasing man. In the long run, it's better to please God. He's more apt to remember. Yeah? Remember, God comes close. God came close to Martha and Mary... But Martha was close by. Yeah? She wasn't close. So the Bible says, I love it, in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. So here's a quick Greek lesson. The Bible says that Jesus has come to give us life because it reads that they may have life, it says. yeah. The word life there is the Greek word zoe. It comes from another Greek word, zeo. The word zeo actually means the living one. That means he's come to give us the living one, right? And give us the living one to the full. All of him. It's all about him. It's everything he has to offer. It's him holding nothing back. That's how close God gets to us, right? That's how close he gets to us. But often, 
Sweeping generalisation, because I love those. Yeah? When we read it in English, we seem to read that he's come to give us life to the full. The full. The emphasis being full. A full life. So what happens? Our lives get full. We fill up our lives. We all do it. Like Literally, we all do it. But that's not what the scripture's saying. Too busy is too busy. And if we're too busy, then we've got it all wrong. The sad truth is that life is so full. That's a full life. It's so full of distractions. So full that many of us end up living for nothing than just to get through the day. <laughs> See, God has planned and purposed so much more for us than to be busy, too busy. And I think, well, this is my personal opinion from meeting with people because I talk to people all the time. It's my, that's what I do, yeah? That some people, maybe, just, maybe all of us, are just struggling to get through another day. Ever had those moments? Man, the day's over. Thank goodness for that. Couldn't have another day like that. Oh, wow. Now it's just time to crash. Ever got home from a day and like you're going to do nothing else? You're just going to sit. You know, your partner's going to dote on you and cook dinner and wash your feet and massage your shoulders. You've just got to the end of your tether and this is the end of my day and I can't do another day like that. Some people, when you speak to them, are just trying to get through to the end of the day. John 10.10 says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. The word full actually comes from the Greek word persisos. Yeah? (laughs) If I'm pronouncing it right, I'm glad we have no Greeks. But what it means is exceeding, going beyond and abundant. Yeah? That it's a life that will exceed all we can imagine. It's a life that will go beyond anything we've ever dreamed. It's an abundant life, a rich life. Not a life that's so full up of all sorts of stuff that we're too busy to spend time with the one that we're being busy for. That's not close. That's close by. Yeah? I, 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 love, I love that passage of Scripture with Martha and Mary because in it all we then see Jesus. He does this beautiful thing that I do at home all the time with my boys. All the time. He calls Martha twice. Martha. Martha, we need to understand this part of the passage because a few times if you're reading Luke and according to Luke, Jesus repeats a name when he wants to make something intentional, something's important. It's an impressive statement. Listen to what I'm about to say. Even God calls out to Moses and to Abraham. He calls them by name twice. Yeah, it's like I'm trying to get their attention. When, I, when, when I'm trying to get Samuel, it's like Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. Uh, yeah, I know you're there, mate. Thank you. Right. I forgot he was there. Dang it, I should have picked Nathan. Anyway, right. <laughs> but often it's like I call him and, and he acknowledges, but I don't have him. Yeah? I, I want his attention. Yeah? So when God's saying, Martha, Martha, he's not saying, Martha, Martha, how stupid are you that you can still breathe? It's, it's, it's not a condescending. He just wants her attention. He's trying to say, hey, Martha, Martha, over here. Look at, look at me. Yeah? 
It, like it's, it's such a beautiful statement of God's love and his intention towards us that Jesus calls her twice. He says, Martha, Martha. And then what I'm about to say, Martha, it's super important. Martha, listen. Listen to me. And then he says something super important. <laughs> he says in verse 41, he goes, you're worried and you're upset about many things. See, first he calls her twice to show, hey, 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 Martha, over here. Let me talk to you. Martha, here, me. Look at me. Look at me, Jesus. Keep your focus on me, Jesus. Now listen, listen to what I have to say. You're worried and you're upset. I can see it in you. You're worried and you're upset. He's speaking directly into her heart. He's sharing something that's super important that he needs her to hear. He points out that she's flat out worrying. But not about one thing, about a, a, a stack of things. You're worried and upset about many things. How many of us worry, especially this time of year, like seriously, it just gets busier and busier and busier with work and home and life and sickness and family and bills and dinners and lunches and time. I've got no time, I've got to go, I've got to do this. And we worry. We go from one worry to the next worry to the next worry to the next worry. It's human to worry. But it's not Christ-like to live there. And if we're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, it's okay for the worry to come, but we've got to give it back to him. It's not okay for a child of God to live there because it'll bring us down. Yeah, That's why there's that whole passage of Scripture in Matthew from, in chapter 6 from verse 25. Therefore I'll tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body or what you'll wear. Is not life more important than food, the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And it just goes on and on and on, yeah? Verse 33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know, we have to hear this because we can live a blessed life or we can live a stressed life. We can be close to Jesus or we can be close by. I know which I prefer and I'm not always there, yeah? Because sometimes I'm in that office or I'm at home and I'm stressed about things. And sometimes I'm trying to spend time with the Lord and I feel like he's close by, but I don't feel like I'm close. I'm not saying that I've attained, but there's something that we can look to and aspire to because he's planned and purposed something more for us than just to be busy. Yeah. That's why it says, you know, he calls her name's name twice. He shares with her something so important. And in Proverbs 12, 25, it says, Worry weighs a person down. Worry weighs a person down. I love the next bit, an encouraging word, cheers a person up. That's for another message another time. But take that away, yeah? Next time you're spending time with people. But worry weighs a person down. In other words, it causes us to be stressed. It burdens us. That's all worry does. Perfect picture of worry, I think, is um, you know, often 
often mums have them in their nurseries with kids, you know, because it's comfortable, but a rocking type chair. You know, you're rocking on the chair, it's really comfortable, but you're actually going nowhere. You're just rocking on the spot. That's worry. You're actually never getting anywhere. You're just, just rocking on the spot. It's yeah. all you're doing. It's, woo, it's really nice, so comfortable, but there's no forward momentum. You're not getting anywhere. You're stuck in the spot. That's worry. Worry's like a rocking chair going nowhere. Yeah? I love that Jesus gives her the answer after he speaks to her. Because then in verse 42, he says, But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what's better, no matter what our circumstances. So you and I can be set free from worry, from busyness, from all of that. He says one thing is needed. So there's one thing that's needed. He's moved close. We're close by. There's one thing that's needed. Just one thing that's needed. And that's for us to lean against his chest. That's for us to rest back against his bosom, yeah? That's for us to move in close to him. This, just this one thing is needed. It's for us to move from being close by moving to being close that's why it says in matthew six thirty three. but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else yeah will be given to you as well our, our first concern our first thought shouldn't be about serving and pleasing and doing and running around that's what this life has done that's what western culture has done and it's important because when we're at work we've got tasks to perform i understand all of that but generally speaking, even when we're serving others, we need to know that it's coming from our heart, that it's not about trying to fit them into what we can do from them, that we want to do something. Our, our primary concern should be about pressing into Jesus, about leaning on him, about changing the proximity, yeah, about getting as close to him as possible, especially at Christmas time. Think about it, because he continues in Luke, in, in, in verse 42, he goes, but only one thing is needed, this need for us to move close. And he goes, Mary has chose what is better. Yeah? Mary has chose what is better. She's chosen what's better. When we have our worship time, I, I say it all the time, that we will not apologise for the times that we, we press in and we chase after and we run towards his presence. Because we're choosing a better thing. It's nice to have a one-hour church service. Hear my heart, yeah? I've got friends who run one-hour church services. Large churches that I've visited in the States run for 62 minutes, 71 minutes. They're very timed. That's okay. That works for them. But I want Jesus to say, for me anyway, but Mount Clear has chosen better. Yeah? What was Mary doing that was considered better? She was just listening to Jesus and to God's word. She wasn't doing anything special. The precious word was more important than anything. The, the precious word, Jesus, was more important than anything Martha was busy doing. And the precious word, Jesus, should be more important than anything we might be busy doing. However busy I might get in that office or home and for yourselves, yeah? See... I wrote this down. I don't know who I pinched it off, so I'm just going to say I made it up. I didn't, but if you want to, you can put my name on it. It's okay. The secret for success. If you want to be distressed, look within. If you want to be defeated, look back. If you want to be distracted, look around. If you want to be dismayed, look ahead. 
If you want to be delivered, look to Jesus. Yeah. Isn't that true though? Like seriously, if I, if I look ahead too far, I get overwhelmed about all the little things that have to be done to get there. And then if you look back, it's like, oh, woe is me. I really love whoever wrote this. And then, he, and then Jesus finishes in verse 42. He says, Mary's blessings will not be taken away from her. Only one thing's needed. Mary's chosen what's better and it will not be taken away from her. Choices, not chances, determine our destiny. Yeah? My friend used to always say that I've now coined as mine over the last eight years. Choices make a difference. Because of the choice that Mary made, she receives a wonderful promise and Jesus goes as far as to say, and it's not going to be taken away from her. Man, I want a promise like that. Yeah? Could you imagine if your car broke down? Um, I'm just trying to think. Sandra. Cassandra had a car accident a week or so ago. I think we sent it out to the prayer team. She's fine, though, by the way. Um, but her car's being worked on. But under her insurance, she's been given this beautiful little Corolla. Could you imagine if someone gave you a Corolla and then you heard, the, heard someone say, and it will not be taken away from you? Woohoo! Thank you, Jesus! Goodbye, Hyundai! Hello, Toyota! Goodbye, Hyundai! Hello, Toyota! It's like speaking in tongues, isn't it? Well, I should have bought a Honda when I should have bought a Hyundai or something like that, right? The point is, he gives us something that's so valuable when we press into him, when we lean against him, and it says, and I, this isn't going to be taken away from you. I mean, what a promise. But yeah, so many of us are running around, yeah, caught up, doing what we love, doing what we don't love, and not giving us enough time because of all of our busyness and all of our distraction to spend time with the one that we're being busy for. Especially at this time of year. See, when we spend time with him, there's just an inner knowing that things will be okay. There just is. You know, Mel shared this morning, and I, I love my wife's faith because I think she's resigned in herself. Dad might pass away. But it's not God can heal, but it's my dad might pass away. He's really, he's really unwell. But there's a God that heals. It's a God that delivers. And so I'm going to step over here and I'm going to believe for that. You know, when we spend time in his presence, it's just an inner knowing that no matter what happens, it's going to be okay. Whichever way it goes, God, you've got it. Whichever way it goes, you're going to give me peace. Lord, I know that you've got his and my best interests at heart. God, I'm... I'm just at peace because I've been spending time with you. You came close. And so I stepped towards you and I leant. I rested in your lap. I looked into your eye. I spoke to you. And I'm just totally trusting you. See, we're meant to live close. We're meant to spend time with God. We're meant to spend time in the things of God. We're meant to build a relationship with the one true living Abba Father. We're meant to. Yeah. Sunday's not enough for any of us. You know, two hours of some lovely worship together, corporate worship, and a word that could be good, could be bad, some communion, a good coffee, bad coffee, whatever it might be, that's not enough to build our relationship with Jesus. All that does is it just sort of says, hey, there's others that are doing this journey with me that love me and I love them. And just what it is about is about coming together to say, hey, you know, we can do this together. We can hold hands. We can carry each other's burdens. We can do life together. But then it kicks in. We make our choices Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. 
Sunday. Can't come to church today. Too busy. I heard Jesus say that when he was carrying the cross. I'm not putting guilt on. I'm just, I'm being real, you know. I don't understand it. I don't understand how Christians everywhere go to church once every three or four weeks. I don't get it. I don't get it. I came to faith 20-odd years ago, 28 years ago. We went to church twice. It's what you did. We loved doing it, actually, in fact. You know? We loved serving, loved being a part of it. It was never a burden. We just loved being with family. I, I don't know where life has changed. I don't have the answer for that. Yeah, I'm not, not talking about that. But the fact is we're, we're built for relationship. We're built to do life together. We're built to, to press into Jesus. We're built to sit in his lap, to lean against his, his breast and say, me, Andrew, the disciple whom Jesus, you love the most. Yeah? And each one of you should be able to put your own name in there. And if you can't put your own name in that, you need to question the relationship you have with Jesus. Because that's the worth and value he places on you when he chose to send his son to a cross. Yeah? So as we come into Christmas time, we should be saying, man, what a time. What a, what a wonderful way the world has set up this reminder that I've just got to press into you. Yeah? I've got to slow this baby down. Because it's our choices. Martha chose. Mary chose. And this, in this season, as we get closer and closer to Christmas, to the birth of Jesus, what will you and I choose? Why don't we all stand? Whoops. Can I have the guitar? Please. Just something in the background. Thank <laughs> you. Adam goes, I can give you the guitar. <laughs> and that will not be taken away. <laughs> I've always liked the look of his guitar. I can't play it though, you know, but it, it just looks cool. Just for a moment, just close your eyes. Just, I just want, let's slow the heartbeat down, yeah? Let's focus on Jesus. However you picture God, picture him. Whether he's wearing a white robe on a big throne or however you see him, just picture God, your God, your Father, Abba, Papa, just picture him. See, we're meant to live life close. Jesus actually at this time of year calls out to us but not once but twice he goes send him send him calls out to you Eli twice Eli Eli you know not once but twice his love for us is so strong he's like hey the busyness of your life everything that you're going through over here I'm here all the stuff that's competing for our attention. Andrew, Andrew, over here. With all the busyness of life, he's just saying, hey, make a choice. You can stay close by or you can move close. You can live stressed or you can actually be blessed in me. But we have a choice. Because choices, not chances, determine our destiny. And I know for me, 
and for my house. (laughs) We choose to step in close. We choose to position ourselves and change our proximity so that we can be blessed and not stressed. We choose at times not to run around. Some of you have discovered over the years, I choose at times not to answer the phone when you call. It's better for me if I do that, yeah? That's the reality of it. I can live blessed or stressed. I can be close by or close. And so as we're thinking of Christmas, let's be a people that steps into his chest, into his breast, lean against his bosom, staring into his face. Let's not allow the distraction of what we love in life to rob us of the one that we're being busy for and busy about. See, we don't live for Him. We live from Him. Yeah? We are in Him. Everything we do is from Him. We're not doing stuff for Him. He's done it for us. That's how it works. So right now, Wherever you position yourself, however you see yourself actually, in fact, I just think it's time. We're in the the end of November. We're moving into December. We've got New Year and all that, like a change of season. And it's flat out. Next week, we've got decorating the tree. That's another night out. And then Carol's in Ballarat. And then Sean Smith and then family over. It's just busy. But we can make time to stop. So, hey, Lord. I think I need to be merry today. I think I need to be merry this moment. I think I need to disappear into my bedroom and just sit on the floor and lean against that mattress. I just need to speak to you for a minute. I need to be merry. I need to make a choice, a decision that's going to determine my destiny in you, yeah? I know, I think I can pretty confidently say that all of us want to live a life that's closer to him yeah i don't think there's anyone here that would say oh no i don't want to be close to jesus (laughs) that would be interesting wouldn't it please come and see me afterwards if that's you and i don't think anyone would say i'd be happy being close by again if that's you please come and see me after the service i'd say most of us want to be blessed in him and want to be close to him so let's pray that way yeah i mean just Whoever you are, wherever you're sitting, why don't you just place your hands on the closest person to you. And let's believe as we enter this season of Christmas, let's be like, let's listen, I guess, to what Jesus was trying to teach Martha when he called out twice. He goes, you're worried and you're busy about so many things. But only one thing matters. One thing's important. And check out your sister. She's chosen what's better. And, and the blessing that come, comes through that, I won't take that from her. Lord God, may we be Mary's father in this house today. Lord, each and every one of us, may we have the mindset of Mary to be able to sit and rest at your feet when the time comes, Lord God. May we not be so distracted and so busy that, Father, we we run out of time to spend with the one that we're being busy for. Lord, instead, may we be a people that lives with you in your glory, that rests against your chest, that looks into your eyes, that, Father, receives your direction. 
Father, may, be we, may we be a people that as we spend time with you, just know in our knower that we know that we know that we know that it's going to be okay because I've sat with the living God. Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. Father, I thank you that you did it all. Lord, you sent him as a child, a vulnerable child. You sent him to a cross to die an excruciating death. Also, we could have a relationship with you. Father, I pray that the enemy wouldn't be so wise as to rob us of that relationship. I pray, God, that we would be smarter and wiser, that we would have moments of Martha, but, Lord, we would switch into Mary to rest with you, to sit with you, to talk with you, that the answers of all of our life's questions would come in moments that we're resting at your feet. Father, may we truly be a people that are blessed and not stressed. May we be a children that are close and not close by. Father, may we learn. Lord, thank you for your scripture. Thank you for your teaching. Thank you for your guidance and your comfort. Holy Spirit, will you speak to each and every one of us at every moment of every day when we find ourselves too busy? Will you correct the course? Holy Spirit, will you change our direction? Holy Spirit, will you put a wall up when we're running into busyness? Holy Spirit, will you be so clear and so loud that we'll say, oh, thank you, yes, I, I haven't yet. I, I haven't sat with, with Papa yet. Holy Spirit, will you guide us? We give you permission to speak to us. We give you permission to speak into our heart of hearts. We thank you. We thank you for what we're going to celebrate in four weeks' time. We thank you for the family that we're going to celebrate with. We thank you for the friends that we're going to celebrate with. We thank you that you will be at the forefront of our mind, that you will be the centre of our busyness. Lord God, because we won't be so busy that we're too busy for you. And we just give you all the glory. We give you all the honour. And all of the very close to Jesus' children said, Amen. Amen.